Is there not an entire section on this subject? And no, yes, I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have, I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, it what have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 let me We've passed 50,000 deaths in the United States, and it's, you can't trust the numbers. I hate, I got a cool mask, yeah, right? So, I don't even know where to go, man. Look, seriously, enough is enough. We've passed 50,000 deaths in the U.S., the statistically and so on. But we know, based on reports and things that they, the CDC have said, that not all of those deaths are COVID-19. Not all of them. I, I, don't know, I, I don't know that we can even guess at a number. Is it half? Is it a third? Because they're, they're anything that is even remotely possible that a person could have COVID-19, they're calling it a COVID-19 death. Epstein died from COVID-19, right? So again, we're, we're at this place where I'm like, you know, I wanted to show the numbers to be responsible and all this. And, and again, I don't want it to come off as I'm not taking this seriously. I have a friend that I, I performed their wedding last year that they just had a beautiful baby boy that spent time in the hospital on a ventilator because of COVID-19. I have a cousin that today just came off of the ventilator because of COVID-19. But yet I can still look at what the media is presenting and everything else and say it's BS. You are being lied to. And that's the bottom line. It is obvious that the curve has flattened. This whole lockdown thing, you know, wearing your mask and all this was supposed to be to flatten the curve, to, can, to keep hospitals from being overwhelmed. It was never intended to eradicate the virus, which we cannot do, which will not happen. But yet here again, they're talking about extending these things and so on. Thankfully, Utah is getting ready to open back up. And some other places are getting ready to open back up. And yet still there are people that are losing their stinking minds because they think we should be locked up until this whole thing is gone, which means we would be locked up for a year. And they don't care. Again, you've got the two sides that are playing against each other. It's, it's if you want the, the country to open back up, well, you hate old people and you don't care about people who die. 
Well, the converse then is true. If you don't want this country to open back up, you don't care about people who are losing their livelihoods, who are losing their business, who may lose their homes, people who will commit suicide. Now we've got life for life. Who doesn't care? There has to be, and I've said it from the beginning, there has to be a happy medium. And so we, we have to, there's a great video. I wish I had, I had pulled it up the, of a lady, and I've seen her in a couple other videos doing like magic tricks and stuff like that. But she did this video talking about, well, you know, we have to stay at home unless you just have to absolutely go out. But you should really stay at home and masks are no good, but you should really wear a mask and, and the, but they don't don't fear the virus. And, and you know, the, all the contradicting things that we hear from the media going on out there. And it is just getting to the point where enough is enough. And so over the last week, we saw a lot of protests held at state capitals and stuff like this to reopen America, which I thought was great. I mean, again, people have the right to get out and protest, and a lot of them were social distancing and stuff like that. They were staying six feet apart from each other. A lot of people were wearing masks, but they were just coming out saying, we need to go back to work. I mean, aside from the fact that I have two... uh, I mean, I don't know the the cousin that I, that was in the hospital that just came off the ventilator today. I don't know him very well. He's like a distant third cousin, something like that. I've seen him on Facebook. My my other cousins are friends with him on Facebook, so I can't say that I know him. I, I can't say that he's a, uh, a a close cousin, but he's my cousin, and I care about him, and also my friend. So I've had people that I care about who have gone through this virus, but I also have people that I care about who are in danger of losing their livelihoods because of this lockdown and the shutdown of the economy. And so again, as I've said over and over and over again, finding the happy, happy medium, finding the way like Sweden and, and other places who didn't do complete shutdowns, are, are coming through on the other side of this. We've guaranteed for ourselves a second wave by the way that we did this lockdown. But again, the protests that came out this week, and here's what I, I today, it just really got to me on a couple of, of lines because with these protests, people going out and saying, we want to go back to work. And now there are people, there are, there are people of all sorts that are out at these, uh, protests there are people of color there are black people hispanic people asian people that are out there but all you're seeing in the media and on facebook and so on is this stuff now we had a a rally here at the state capitol in utah i don't know that anyone was out there open carrying i don't know I didn't go. I didn't see any pictures from Utah people open carrying. So, again, I don't know if this picture is even from a, a Reopen America rally or if this is one of the many Second Amendment gun rights rallies that happened over the last four months since the beginning of the year. I don't know. Again, I, I, I didn't didn't reverse look up this picture or so on, but to... to, to Make this a racial thing, the white privilege of open America, as if, again, the racist part of this is assuming that the only people who have businesses that are losing their livelihood are white folk. Are you really saying that black people and Hispanic people and Asian people don't have the the wherewithal to own their own businesses? 
don't have the ability because they're so uh, inferior that they, they can own their own businesses and they're not concerned about reopening the economy. That's the racist crap is the fact that you're, you're putting this out that the only people who have businesses that really want to reopen are the white folk. Because obviously black folk, had, I mean, there are a lot of Mexican restaurants right here in Utah that have been essentially shut down, owned by Hispanic people that I've interacted with because I do their pest control and have had to put their pest control on hold, which means right now, if they're not, if they don't have an active in the state of Utah, the uh, new regulations just came out with, with so on. If they do not have an active, uh, agreement with a pest control company they cannot open so because they're losing money pest control is something that that had to be put on hold but now they can't reopen unless they start paying for their pest control again so again they find themselves in this place where they're they're in a in in a catch-22 can't open up can't afford to pay for the pest control because they can't open up they can't open up until they pay for pest control and they and and uh, Across the board, black people, Hispanic people, white people, all people of all kinds, they were out there. But this is all the media is showing you. Because again, that it's become obvious that their their models were wrong, the numbers were wrong, the, the virus has been around much longer than they said it was or that we, we thought it was. The the numbers of those who have, have had it and recovered, which I still maintain that I think I am one, I still can't get an antibody test because I'm not showing any symptoms right now, so they're not going to test me. But I'm, I'm 99.8% positive that I had this back in November. And, but we're seeing all the numbers that are coming out, serology testing, antibodies testing, and so on, are showing that this has been around much longer. It is far less deadly than we were made to... to uh, far we were made to think and um and it's we've far surpassed the peak of this but that's not what they're going to do now they're going to turn this into a racial thing to continue to to put the and and, and i guarantee you it's going to get blamed on trump and again i'm not the biggest trump fan i do not intend to vote for trump again this time around for the exact same reason that I didn't vote for him the last time. I'm the guy that wants to maintain consistency. So if I didn't, unless in the next, how many months until November, um, he comes out and openly repents for the things that he had said and the things that he had did. Then, and, and repents and puts his faith and trust in Christ then I will go, this is a man who is now redeemed and I will vote for him. But until then, I'm going to maintain the consistency of why I didn't vote for him before and that's why I wouldn't vote for him now. But yet I still give him credit where credit is due and I'm not going to blame him for things. Again, the whole issue of uh, in- injecting uh, disinfectants or ingesting bleach or whatever it was that he, he said in the thing, if you really watched that and came to the assumption, I mean... Our president isn't the most eloquent guy, especially when he's not when he's 
when he's in in charge of writing his own or just his own speeches or speaking off the cuff. He's not very eloquent. I mean, he's he's a businessman, but he's not, you know, Shakespeare. He is not. And so he he says some stuff that is really stupid. So does Biden. So does Pelosi. I mean, all across the board, stupidity comes out of the, the faces of our uh, politicians right now. AOC is prime example of that. But he's going to get blamed for the white supremacy and the white privilege of open America. And this is all we're going to become now since it can't be a, a fear thing of the virus because we're obviously seeing that that is on the decline. Now they've got to turn the narrative to something else. And it's, it's racism. Oh, you only want America to open up because it's racist. And we've got a couple of studies that say that black people and Hispanic people suffer more from this. So you just want them all to die. I literally saw a tweet that said that accused church leaders of, uh, well, a few deaths is okay now that they've heard that it's, it's blacks and Hispanics. That is garbage, and that angers me. That absolutely angers me. You know, somebody tweeted about a pastor who said that, well, you know, people are going to die, and, and that's just fine, and, and something to that effect. And I said, well, I'd like the name of that pastor would not tell me. And of course it was like, well, that's really weird. Why would you ask? We're not going to put out their public information. I'm like, I'm just asking for the man's name that is probably on the sign outside of his church because I don't believe that he said it to you. I believe that you make these statements to blow up the, the narrative to continue to, to push your own agenda. I don't believe that this pastor, and if he did, he needs to be, someone needs to say, you know what, dude, you're wrong. It, it, it's a tragedy anytime someone dies, especially when someone who isn't saved dies. Because as a Christian uh, evangelist, I look at that and I go, that's somebody who's gone to hell. I don't want people to die, but I also don't want people to, to lose their, their businesses and so on. I, I want to love my neighbor the same on both sides. I want to love my neighbor who wants to get back to work and maintain a livelihood. And I want to love my neighbor that might get sick and might be more prone to a, a more severe reaction to this, this virus than I had. I mean, I'm diabetic and I'm, I'm hypertensive and n at no time in any of that did I feel like I needed to go to the hospital. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this, there were once or twice where I had chest pains to the point that I almost thought maybe I need to call 911, but then I just kind of stupidly waited it out and was uh, fine. So again, I, I was I was in no need of respirator or any of those things, um, but there are people that are, and those are the people that need to wear masks and stay home and do that. We quarantine the sick or the the those who are prone, and we let the healthy move around. We've got to get that herd immunity and so on, but we also want to maintain the fact that people could have their businesses. And again, they're putting so many restrictions on things. Restaurants have to have their tables 10 feet apart so that people maintain a six foot. Well, that, that cuts down your ability to have people inside your dining room uh, by quite a bit, probably 50 to, to 75% of a reduction in the amount of people you can serve at one time. That's still going to cut away at money and people are still going to end up having to close down because they cannot maintain on that. We have to get back to 100%. 
And I know people are like, well, it'll never happen. Yes, it can. All we have to do is go, go back to work. Okay, well, that's going to cause a spike in deaths. Maybe. Unless those people who are prone to or susceptible to or uh, in a high-risk category stay home. And let everybody else get back to the, the business of doing business. And it's not a racial thing. This angers me more than anything. And the fact that people that I know and love and care for are peddling this garbage makes it even worse. So there's that. There's that little rat. And then there's this other one. I don't know who this pastor is. Tony something or other in, in Louisiana. And he's the guy that has continued to have church service after church service after church service. And he's been cited and, and so on and arrested. They put him on house arrest. Again, enough is enough. This is ridiculous. Th- to put this man on, but and to his credit or, you know, to his uh, shame, he, on house arrest, he went out and held a church service today, showed off his ankle bracelet. It's probably going to, they're probably going to put out a warrant for his arrest for preaching and I, I don't know if he's preaching the gospel either. I don't know a, a whole lot. All I know is the the image of this is really bad for this country. I mean, this is what tyranny looks like. This is what we've been talking about. This is what people are enduring in other countries. And And maybe it's not simply because he's a Christian. It's because he's not doing what he's being told. He's not bowing his knee to the God that is government. And he's saying, I'm going to continue with my constitutional rights and I'm going to do this. So there's any number of things of reasons why this is this is what it is, whether it's tyranny, power, religion, whatever this is. But again, we're, we're traveling down this slippery slope. And I don't remember who it was, if it was John Jay or Ben Franklin or whoever that said made the statement essentially that um, those who will give up their liberty for security deserve neither. And that's true. We have to maintain the fact that, and it's not that we we have, it is that we have the right to. It's not that we, um, we don't care or anything like that. It's that we have got to maintain the, the law of the land and doing what it affords us the ability to do. And again, we had church today, which I was so excited um, so excited that I forgot to set my alarm and overslept. I wanted to go to both services. Um, overslept the first one. We ended up getting to the second service we had at 1030. And again, we've split our services into two to make it to where people are separated, where we have less people in the room. They've, they've cordoned off different sections of, of the pews to where there's maintaining a distance between family units. Um, the pastors all wore masks uh, today and some of the the people in the congregation did as well. Um, it, we didn't do communion. So many things, so, so many measures that we took to maintain uh, a sense of safety. Um, but yet we we were able to get back together and and meet. And there are people that are angry about that. There are people that are angry that we even with all the measures and the, the extremes that we went to to make sure people are safe, people are still mad. And I, it, it, I don't understand um, 
you know, and again, the slippery slope is if we if we continue to give up our right to do these things, then the more the government is just going to be willing to take away and take away and take away. So I maintain the fact that we need to get back to work. And and I know people are thinking, well, it's you're just selfish because you want to get back to your poker game. Yeah, I do. I do. I want to get back to my poker league. I want to have our championship, which with the way we ended up shutting down when we did, um, I should still be in the top 60, so I'm, I'm guaranteed a spot in the championship, and I'm ready for my league invitational, and I'm ready to get back to my twice-a-month poker game on Sunday night at the Outlaw. And I want to give my money to them to where they can uh, you know, pay their employees and provide for their families and have a good time of fellowship uh, with the people at the, at the poker game. So maybe it is a selfish thing, but it's also for those people to be able to, to live their lives. And it is to, to, you know, build up herd immunity and, and see the, the, the um, severity of this virus decimated by the fact that more and more people have got it and gotten through it and recovered and are now immune. Because like I said, it is obvious it is absolutely obvious that the models that they gave us to begin with were wrong. This is nowhere as severe as it was initially thought to be um, or initially portrayed to be. And so it's time. It really is. It's time to get back to work. It's time to get back to normal in America. And that brings me to my last little point that I wanted to talk about. Um, is this God's judgment? And, and that's been commented, and I was in a, a really good conversation tonight with Kurt Kennedy, um, Kurt Allen. Um, Kurt Kennedy is his, his musician name. But Kurt Allen, uh, the Kurt, Kurt Allen, pastor of church in D.C., kind of put together a, a Zoom meeting to get together and kind of talk this out. And he, he went through an article, and I, I haven't read the article yet. I looked for it a little bit, couldn't find the specific article that he talked about. But someone wrote an article and gave 10 reasons why COVID-19 is God's judgment on America. And so the question was, is this God's judgment on America? And I think with all the conversation that happened and so on, essentially, here's where I'm coming from on this. The, I think the consensus was that, I mean, this is something that God is doing because, again, the 222 principle um, that I stole from Todd Friel, but I'll continue to, to put it out there. Everything that happens essentially is, is some sort of judgment because of what happened at the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve sinned. Death and sin entered the world. And from that point on, pretty much all kinds of things that are happening, illness, death, uh, sweat of, from the work that we do and the toil for the work that we do and all those things, pain in childbirth are all judgments. That is a universal thing. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? God's judgment, when God... Uh, gives judgment when he demonstrates his judgment it's universal all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god all suffer everyone's going to die except for the one man jesus christ right who laid down his life he died and he took it up again because he was he was he was uh god man 
fully God and fully man. He was the only man who could, who could come and not sin because he took on the penalty for us. But when we look at the other things, the flood, God saved eight people in the ark, universally wiped out everybody else. Sodom and Gomorrah, when it was a judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, he allowed Lot and his family to come out, totally decimated. Nobody survived. Uh, the, the exile, Babylonian exile, and, and the times that, that Israel was exiled, it was complete. The whole kingdom was exiled. Moses in the, in the desert with the, the Israelites and the snakes when they were being bitten and so on, and he raises up the thing, everybody in the camp was bitten. Everybody suffered until they looked upon the staff. So that's kind of a, a, a defining characteristic. When, when God judged sin on Christ on the cross, he, Christ endured the full wrath of the Father. Nothing was held back. Infinite wrath was poured out on Christ. So again, a, a characteristic of God's judgment is universality. I'm making up words now. Um, everybody, you know, suffers. And so is this God's judgment on America? Well, no, because one, we're seeing it happen all over the world, but it's not, it's not universal across the, the, not everybody is going to get this virus. Not everyone is going to die from this virus. Not everyone is going to suffer from this virus. Some people will get it and recover immediately, you know, and so on. So no, but now this is coming back to the two, two, two principle. Um, everything that happens, God is either allowing it to happen by his passive will or causing it to happen by his active will in that, Either way, both ways of what it is, God is uh, addressing with that two groups of people, believers and non-believers. Only two groups of people who exist on this planet. That's who God is dealing with. And for the believer with COVID-19, and we'll use that as a, a thing, God is either using this to cause us to be strengthened in our faith, understand that God is sovereign, we lean on him for all of our needs. We trust in him for all of our needs. We share the gospel with those who are in need and present that. And that's either God is, is stirring us up to be strengthened in our faith, to, pre, to preach the gospel, or he's taking those servants home. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's rest. So those who survive the COVID-19 are, are being, God is drawing them to, to uh, be strengthened in their faith to share the gospel. Those who die as a believer of COVID-19, God is bringing them home. For the unbeliever, God is either trying to get their attention to repent and put their trust in him, or he's done, his patience with them has run out, he is taking them out, and judgment is, is, is imminent for them. So in that sense, yeah, it, it's a judgment on those unbelievers who are, are going to die from this. That they're going to face their, they are going to going to face judgment. Um, and so that that's the deal. Is this a, a, a specifically a judgment on America on based on you know ten things, abortion and homosexuality and so on? No, no. I I can I can emphatically say no. Not 
targeted directly at America. This is not God saying, you know, we're, we're, I'm going to go in and wipe them out because they, they're, they become a stench in my nostrils. No, I mean, we're, we are still a stench. We've been a stench, <laughs> you know, but the, it's worldwide. The reasonings behind it are, are global. And here's the reality. Under the new covenant as Christians, we look at this and we say, God's wrath was poured out on Christ on the cross. It's a reason why we don't execute adulterers. It's a reason why we don't look at the law and go, okay, it had, we're not stoning rebellious teenagers. We're not killing homosexuals. We're not doing these things because Christ has paid the penalty for sin and he's drawing people to himself. He's, he's using the gospel to save people who those people could be murderers, homosexual, homosexuals, uh, adulterers, rebellious teenagers, all these things God could be working on to save them, drawing them to himself in his time and in his, his manner, using those who preach the gospel. I'm not saying don't preach because of, of unconditional election, but um, he, this is why we don't execute people anymore for these these sins because they may still be at a point where they can repent and put their faith in Christ right up until the point of death they could still repent and put their faith in Christ and for the believer Christ already endured the judgment so we have a gospel of grace do we talk about judgment and sin and the law in in that presentation absolutely but we do not present to people a gospel of judgment because that's not what our gospel is. It's a gospel of grace. Repent and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, if you reject that, you fall into the John 3.18. Those who do not believe are condemned already. And then that will come at some point. I come back to my buddy Darren's quote that I will always quote. You know, justice demands for the believer that God look to the cross. But for the unbeliever to look at their sin. And I completely, totally botched that quote, but I have it written down somewhere. And this is why. This is COVID-19 coming to America. I don't think it's a judgment for America, but it truly is a wake-up call for Christians to go and and present the gospel to people. And I saw a tweet from, from, from Tim Tebow today, and I'm sorry, Tim, if you're not using words, you're not sharing the gospel. That's a, that's a bold statement, but it is true. Nowhere in scripture does it say that we preach the gospel by our actions. I mean, uh, the, the fact of our actions uh, validate the salvation that is in us. I, again, I, I said a couple of years ago posted and it was requoted today um, and attributed to Jeff Durbin. Um, but I said, the fruit adds nothing to the life of the vine. If I put a, a grape on a, on a dead vine, the vine's not coming back to life. It is the life within the vine that produces the fruit. And that is the evidence. The fruit is the evidence that the vine is alive. So, again, our, our actions come from the gospel that is within us. But Mormons do good things, some Muslims do good things, Hindus do good things. So if we're just looking at, you know, the, the, 
not true quote that says preach the gospel at all times, use words if, if necessary, use words. Well, then they're all doing this as well. So now we have to differentiate. We have to differentiate. If you are not using words, you are not sharing the gospel. That's a new. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna send that off to uh, to Jay over at Wrath and Grace and get another T-shirt made. Um, so there it is, Christian. In the midst of this, again, we we need to be as loving as possible. Yes, we care about our neighbor. We don't want to just go out and go. Well, yeah, you know, some people are gonna die, and that's fine. No, we want to. We pray for those who are ill. We pray, you know. If, if the hospitals would let us, we could go in and anoint these people with oil and do all these things. You know, again, uh, uh, another serious disease like this, uh, an old girlfriend of mine whose mom had this years ago, and not this specific thing, but she had ARDS, which is a respiratory disease that put her into a coma, caused her to lose her feet because of lack of blood flow and all kinds of things while she was in this coma. But at least I was able to go into her room and pray for her and anoint her with oil, and she recovered. And I give all that credit to God. It wasn't me. I don't have a gift of healing. I just did the things that James said. You know, have the elders come and anoint you with oil and pray. And we did those things, and she recovered. And I give all that credit to God. I, I firmly believe that God healed her. We care for those people. We pray for those people. Do whatever we can. Whether we can anoint them with oil or do whatever, we do the most that we can to pray for them and to love them. But we also need to share the gospel with them because it does absolutely no good to walk into a Walmart like the people at Bethel and stand somebody up out of a, a, a wheelchair and tell them to, to go stand and walk, but don't give them the gospel so they walk right into the kingdom of hell. We have got to preach the gospel to the people who are dying and the people who are afraid of dying from this, this, this virus. We have got to be out there willingly taking the truth to the people that we love. And how do we do that? We preach the gospel at all times. We use words because they are necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm -hmm.